Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Check it out. back we're back or should i say i'm back what's up everybody jason jones of the athletic testing out some new equipment so bear with me this is the ruler of the court podcast this is where i talk some sacramento kings for you just because for some reason some of you still care what i think about the kings even though i'm not out there on the daily anymore and where i talk about my love my favorite pastime or one of my favorite pastimes talking about hip-hop music and this is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. So, good day, everyone. Hope all is well out there. We've got some things to talk about. Not so much directly related to the Kings. I mean, it's related to the Kings, but kind of want to use another situation out there to kind of walk myself back into talking to about the Kings. And I'm doing that because... Unless you just don't care about the NBA at all, haven't followed anything at all, not paying any attention at all, you can't help but to notice what's going on in Brooklyn. And for years, I've always said that it seemed like the Kings and the Knicks were in a daily or constant battle to one-up each other in what's the craziest shit we can come up with or what can we do to show that you know what we're not a normally function franchise we're going to show you we got some dysfunction up in this month you know and it, it felt like for years the kings and the knicks took turns saying you know no we're worse no we're worse but the brooklyn nets have jumped out this week in the last week plus and says you know what not hold my beer hold my beers hold my blunt Hold my shot glass. Hold everything. Because we got this this crazy season stuff covered for you. And just to recap. What's going on in the last week or so plus. Kyrie Irving posted a link to a documentary on his social media. The documentary has been deemed anti-Semitic. I've never seen the documentary. Or I've never watched it. Never even heard of it. But those who seem who have have said that it contains anti-Semitic themes and it also contains things that are just not outright correct. That's factually incorrect. Again, I'm not going. And so when what gets that crazier is uh, Kyrie's uh, exchanges with the media about it and 
kind of his stance that he didn't put the documentary out there, so he's not promoting it. And, you know, we get on to the semantics of that. But the point is, that situation right there has created a a lot of attention on the nets that is so highly driven that it's taken the attention off the fact that that team has played like shit this season. (laughs) To To be frank, it's taken a lot of attention off the fact that that's a team that should be able should be a title contender by the end of the year but right now they've they've been ashamed before god with their overall play um same team that has fired its coach steve nash and generally when a coach a team fires its coach a team especially a team that's not responding to that coach at all and if you've seen any of the brooklyn nets this year it's clear they weren't really rocking with steve like that anymore you know, I think one of the things they said out of the presser with Sean Marks was, yeah, that Steve said they weren't responding. No, no. Yeah, they yeah, they weren't trying to respond. And so you fire the coach. And generally, you get an inspired, you know, hey, we got to show everyone that we were better than we've shown. You get an inspired, you know, inspired showing the the Nets didn't give you that after Steve Nash was fired. They gave you another clunker of a game. Kyrie has probably his worst game of the season, or one of his worst games of the season. They lose to Chicago at home. Yeah, yikes! And then on top of that, you fire Steve Nash, and you're looking for a new coach. Jock Vaughn did a good job as interim coach when we replaced Kenny Atkinson. But instead of keeping Jock Vaughn, they chose to hire Steve Nash at the behest of their two star players, uh, who had a lot of who liked the idea of having Steve there. Well, obviously, that's Kyrie and KD. But then on top of that, you, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you could say we're going to rock with Jock. You know, he did a good job last time in replacing Kenny Atkinson. Let's see what we do. No, but the, instead, the what the Nets do is they, they reach out to Ime Udoka, who, in terms of coaching, makes it's an absolute no-brainer. Ime was on the staff there in Brooklyn. He knows the players. He knows uh, the organization. And he really is one of the best coaches, in, you know, best young coaches in the game. But, of course, we all know Ime is is, uh, currently suspended by the Boston Celtics for the entire year for uh, what was deemed an inappropriate relationship with a a female staff member. Um, There was a report that followed that that stated that apparently Ime made what were deemed to be crude remarks to her at some point, I guess, prior to the relationship. I don't have the article in front of me, so forgive me, but still. We haven't heard from Ime Adoka since all this stuff went down in Boston just in September. So it hasn't even been, you know, two months. It's been about six weeks or something. All that stuff all went down. And so that's going to bring another level of criticism, drama, controversy, et cetera, et cetera, to Brooklyn. So. You got all that going on. Never mind, we didn't talk about the fact that Kevin Durant asked to be traded and reportedly wanted the coach and GM fired this summer. Uh, did I miss anything? I don't know. But yeah, 
it's been a certified shit show out in Brooklyn so much so that we seem to forget that there's a bunch of other spots in the league that have had their issues, but Brooklyn in the last week plus has taken the uh, the mantle of, of of soap opera and stood on the mountain of it and said, look at us, we run this. How does that tie to the Kings? It does because this used to be the Kings' domain. They used to say, you can't touch us on to, on the soap opera. You can't touch us on the drama. You can't touch us when it comes to dysfunction. And they can't get anywhere near Brooklyn right now. Thankfully, they can't get near Brooklyn on that right now. Because if they could, we got serious, serious problems. But there is potential for a little bit of a soap opera in Sacramento at some point. And in this case, the soap opera would be dictated by the kings themselves and i think we all know what that soap opera is it's the when and why won't you extend money mcnair discussion i think the consensus has been that my no money McNair's in the last year's contract he very lighthearted discussing this you know during you know before the season during you know media day and whatnot but i think most would agree that the Kings are in a better position for success down the road than they were when Monty arrived. I believe, you know, the level of talent on the roster is better. They seem poised to be more competitive. You know, there's a coach brought in by the current GM in front office, not them inheriting a coach, which has always been kind of a staple of the Kings front office hires that you get hired with the coach already in place. But with all that said, McNair is a you know essentially a lame duck GM, and you know I mean not that this is guaranteed to happen, but hypothetically, you know <laughs> I don't. It's kind of like when you look at a, a TV show and some of these like romantic comedies and, and whatnot where. Uh, a woman works with a man, gets that man back on, you know, back on track, fixes, helps him fix his credit, get his teeth fixed, you know, get him a new suit, gets him a new job. And then the next woman comes along and benefits from all that. <laughs> if Monty doesn't get an extension, he might be that woman going saying, how come he didn't change all the way for me like that? I got him all that stuff. Now look at him. And that could be easily solved by giving money and at least, you know, what, one, two, you know, one and one extension, something. But that hasn't happened yet in Sacramento. So here we are with the potential, like I said, the potential of some drama or a little soap opera. And the the backdrop of that, of course, is that Monty's number two, Wes Wilcox, is someone who interviewed for his job. So they, I know our John Holland with the Athletic wrote about the kind of the weird the, the hiring the hiring them as a duo and how that was a little different and the conspiracy theorists will tell you that Wes is just laying in the cut <laughs> waiting to pounce and take that job and the only reason why that should be even a thought for Kings fans is because. That's the way business has been done under Vivek for years, where particularly with the front office, 
The next person, a lot of times, is already in the office waiting to take that job. You know, happen. You know, you had that when uh, when Pete D'Alessandro was ousted, when Michael Malone, with Vlade. I mean, it, it just happens repeatedly. And are we are the Kings setting themselves up for another one of those situations? Potentially, depending on who you believe. People I've talked to believe that's absolutely the case. And which is why they're skeptical about how the Kings might do this season. Again, you can solve this just by extending Monty McNair and say, you know what, he's our guy. Here's who we're growing with. This is who we're rocking with. But no, let's keep it spicy, y'all. Let's wait. Let's drag this out a little bit. Let's see what we can get going with this. So we'll see what happens. And the best way, and obviously the best way for Monty to figure this out or get this sorted out is just for the Kings to win. Right now, they're 2-5. and five. I still don't believe it's a panic situation as far as the team is concerned. No, uh, I'm recording this on a Thursday. So Wednesday's loss at Miami was a tough one. You also didn't have De'Aaron Fox. Miami didn't have Jimmy Butler. But it was a, it was a tough loss. You know, there were, you know... Mike Brown was uh, was hot about the, the the no call of a travel on Tyler Hero's game winner, but there were several key moments in that game in the fourth. Where you can see where the Kings had a misstep here, misstep there that contributed to the loss. Again, to me, them being two and five is no reason to panic. But if the easiest way for this thing to go all get settled would be for the Kings to win more than they lose and make the playoffs. And I think then we have a happy ending, no soap opera. If not, uh, people I've spoken to, people kind of around the league are, are expecting a, a power struggle at some point over exactly who did what. You know, kind of some of the backdrop of that would be the fact that, you know, I think Mike, uh, the history with Mike Brown is more tied to Wes Wilcox than it is Monty McNair. You know, some of the people brought in like a Matthew Della Vadova, you know, though they're clear, you know, there's more ties to, you know, West potentially than Monty. Uh, we'll see what happens. But at least for now, Kings fans, uh, your team is not the center of NBA bullshit. So you should be very proud. You should be very happy and ecstatic to see what is next. And before I move on, I mean, to the hip hop portion I've got a message, of course, from our good friends over at DraftKings. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, and it's been back for about, what, two weeks or so? So, yeah, you guys should all be in full basketball mode. So And, and so the tip off the season, you're going to do that with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's the key. Your team's got to win. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone, that means all of you, can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Sounds like fun. Let's see what you got to do. You got to go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, that's key, opt-in, and place a stepped-up. Same game parlay today. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Or I send my friends to bet on the NBA more than likely because I don't trust these guys. I don't trust putting my money down on a guy and 
letting my money be decided of whether or not he got back to his room on time. But I digress. And with the if we, with that being said, looking at some stuff you might want to see, uh, I'm excited to see. You know, in terms of the matchups, whatever. I want to see what Brooklyn does next. I mean, there's got to be some good, you know, parlays on, you know, Kyrie Irving's shot attempts, KD, what's going on with him. And also looking forward to seeing uh, this kind of coming up, the surprising Utah team. I say surprising in air quotes because I really don't care what a team does in the first seven games. But they've been competitive, probably better than most of us would have ever anticipated. They're going to go play the Lakers, who have figured out how to make more than two threes in a game. So there's going to be things you can do with that. Let's have some fun with it, y'all. But what do you got to do? You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now we're going to get back to the show. Okay, y'all. Uh, it's been a rough week in hip-hop. Um, yeah, I don't have to recap everything for you. Something, like this, like, uh, something that happens too often. We're talking about you know, death and takeoff from the Migos was, uh, you know, according to the reports, killed by a stray bullet. After a dispute outside of a bowling alley in Houston, he was only 28 years old. And this isn't going to be one of those deals where I get into, you know, what's my favorite takeoff song? What's my favorite Migo song and all that? I just kind of wanted to just speak on. It's kind of the pain of a fan. And I saw some very insensitive posts from people, people who should be old enough and more mature enough to not go there. And I just want to remind everyone that it's okay to not say anything. It's okay. You know, all these, I saw some people making jokes about takeoff. Oh, we're talking about an airport. Stuff just wasn't funny. And... Just because you're in my age range, I'm 44, clearly as the Migos were taking off, I was in a different era, a different mindset according to music. But shout out to my young homie Logan Murdoch who keeps me looped in on maybe the music of the music of a generation or two but uh, under me. And so you learn, I you know. I've always said I was never going to become that old dude who just, you know, shit on the young music because I don't get it. I wasn't going to be the sit on your lawn, boo, boo, boo. And I'm not going to act like my generation hasn't had some real bad music that was really popular. So (laughs) let's not I'm not going to not going to play that game. You know, you know, people, people joke about, you know, Silk the Shocker. I was at parties. People was playing Silk the Shocker. You know, so it is what it is. But I want to kind of speak on just empathy and in these cases and what, you know, let's remember that when people lose a favorite artist, it it, it does hurt them. I mean, if you're in my my age range, you were in college or college age or maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older when Tupac and Biggie were both killed. And I remember my peers shedding tears over that. 
I hell, I shed tears when Nipsey died a few years ago. And I think it's important to remember that music connects us. Music is something that brings a lot of people together. Music is something that taps into our spirits and our souls, which is why I believe it evokes such an emotional reaction when we lose an artist. That's the reason why people sat in the streets and cried when Prince died or when Michael Jackson died. It's 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 what it's it's because of what music means to us. And I said I'm not the biggest Migos fan, you know, but I had a I definitely had an appreciation for their impact on the culture. I think I did a pod last year. I talked about their last album and how I listened to it with an open mind. I actually really and I really enjoyed it. And What's sad, you know, and you always have to say people say their best work just came out, but Takeoff probably had his best workout with the only with this to the last project that was released last month with a uh, Quavo, uh, only built for Infinity Links. Uh, I hadn't got a whole chance to listen to it until recently. One of the main reasons I wanted to check it out was because someone told me that they had a line about Derek Carr. <laughs> you know, I know it's a shallow reason, but yeah, that's why I checked it out, and it really is his best work to date and at only 28 he was uh going to be entering probably his prime in rap and he had the episode on the drink champs recently where he said you know he wanted his flowers now don't give him to it while he was gone and i'm glad they gave him his flowers but i'm also saddened that he actually really is gone so no hot music takes this week just kind of wanted to say that um, the Kings announced that Warren G, you know, from you know, from my city, the city I'm from, Long Beach, Tic Tac, Grab Your Gat, Watch Your Back, Here I Come, you know, that he'll be performing November 13th, I believe, post-game, pre-game. You can check and look it up. He's going to have the loonies with him pre-game, you know, music of my generation, you know, so that should be interesting. I'll get into some Warren G and some loonies as we get closer to the you know, next week as we, you know, preview that uh Probably dive into the new West Side Gun. One of my homies, Kokai, you know, he's the biggest Griselda fan I know. And he had to let me know that there was new Griselda music. But I'll get into that next time, next week probably. And also, I guess Drake and 21 Savage's project should be out by then. So we have a lot of music to talk about. But just didn't feel, you know, cool to, to be getting into my favorite songs, this and that given what's happened in hip-hop this week with uh takeoff so rest in peace to uh takeoff condolences to his family and again condolences to his fans and let's continue to have some empathy when we discuss these things in public platforms you know a lost life is should not be an opportunity to make a joke so that being said you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. You can get ready for this weekend for another Yes, I'm Watching Wrestling podcast. All right, it's Yes, We're Watching. I need to update it because me and my son, Jason the second. You can also find me and my homie, Kenny Carraway. We're back with J Street Vibes. Uh, we talked about 2-Bit versus Puff the, uh, <laughs> earlier this week, so that's out there as well. And, of course, you can find me on theathletic.com. Uh, where I'm on the culture vertical. Uh, dropped an article. Dropped an article this week about uh, Willie Totten, who was um, Jerry Rice's quarterback at Mississippi Valley State. 
had a distinguished college career, but didn't get a chance at the NFL. And so wrote a little bit about that as well. So check it out. Again, shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. This is Jason Jones. Uh, I will check in with you all next time. You be safe out there. I'm out.